Welcome back, everyone, to the Ill-Mannered Media Podcast, the most infrequently scheduled <laughs> and erratic <laughs> podcast, and uh, a member of the Ill-Mannered Media Podcast Gotta Network. Got to keep them guessing. Got to keep them guessing, man. I, I figure I only, I only come back to this on special occasions now. And uh, this weekend presents us with a, with a very special occasion. I'm joined today by Hash Brown, a.k.a. Jedi Master. Yay, yay. And also my boy Andre King, a.k.a. Dre La Soul. Kenny's <laughs> <laughs> daddy. Um, the list goes on, but yeah. Yes, uh, spoken word, poet extraordinaire as well. Thank you very much, sir. You know, I appreciate that. Um, but uh, the occasion in question um, is the, the Netflix release of the Luke Cage television series and uh, sweet, know, Christmas. sweet Christmas sweet Christmas it was Christmas. it was definitely Christmas for a lot of us <laughs> and uh, this is something that we've been looking forward to for a while and I knew the moment that that show was announced that there would be a follow-up discussion <laughs> and I, I had to call in two of my most trusted confidants um in order to to make this appropriate uh, apologies in advance to Maverick um I, I forgot to invite you to this. You were, you are not forgotten. Um, so this this is actually dedicated to you, Mav. Just so you don't swing on me, or send your son to swing on me. You know. Yeah, I'd yeah, be worried about them both. But Ramir is yeah. a little bit of a beast. Yeah, now, he's he's man. he's quite a beast. Anyway, fellas, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, man. Doing well, sir. Doing very well. Doing well. Yeah. Um, Life you know, is good. I talk to Hash all the time about comic shit and, uh, and especially Luke Cage shit. Uh, Dre and I go way back, all the way to like nine or ten years old. Oh, <laughs> St. Francis Xavier. St. Francis Xavier. CCE classes. That's right. Catechism. Catechism. Confirmation. <laughs> all that good shit. And, uh, and we, <laughs> it's a Catholic school thing, hey, man. You know, I was like, what class was Catholicism, that? Catholicism, man. You gotta, you gotta, you know. It's not just going to confession and mass. You gotta learn about yourself as a Catholic and oh, responsibilities man. as a Catholic adult. Like, yeah, I don't even, didn't yeah, get that experience. There's a yeah. lot of extra stuff. It was, it was basically Sunday school that, on yeah, Mondays. Sunday school for Catholics is yeah. what it is. Gotcha. So yeah, it was. You know, we could have been doing other things but we were there on monday evenings after school <laughs> but we found time to uh to read comics and talk about comics all this time we're not afraid to admit that we're grown men who still read comics who still read comics as man yes and actively discuss and engage ourselves in talking about comics um you know we we kind of led the wave of the cur the current comic nerd wave fandom thing that's going on yeah yeah um, we were doing it before it was cool yeah when it was just what we were doing. Like, I, didn't, I never even thought about it. Like, I just, I like comic books. I read comic books. It was never like something like. Well, people didn't understand it deal, at the time. People you know? didn't understand it. They didn't understand why we were, we were going to, to Phoenix Comics <laughs> every Wednesday. And, 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 you know, Dre and I used to always complain about how much we spent there because it was like, you know, people think you might go in and you spend like $20, $25 on the books. And then, yeah. you know, you walk in and you spend $100 and. You look up, you're spending about $300 a month on comic books, and then people don't understand it. No, they don't. It's, it's an expense. <laughs> it's an expense. It's I a mean, necessary it's a, expense. It's a necessary yeah, expense. You know? but, but even even before that, 
like going like living in South Park and having to go like the Circle K and Seven Eleven yep. and stop and go and hope that they got the next issue of the book that you bought the last time. So there'd be gaps in your X Men versus the Brood. <laughs> yeah. Because they decided not to be like, hey man, why y'all didn't buy? <laughs> well, we order what we order. I'm like, but all those souls, so you should have bought the next ones. Yeah, it's a convenience store, so you know? they, they so didn't really have, care yeah, about it. But you were just excited to have whatever whatever they had, I bought it. Well, that was that was when my mother decided that she was going to take me to Camelot Books, wow, which is located where Nan's is, is now. Yeah, you were fancy. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I was. She, I, I got to give my mother credit for it because she actually like researched it for me. Okay. She was like, because I, you know, I used to tell her like she used to get sick of me going to the convenience store and getting a little comic off the little stupid spinning rack spinning or whatever. Metal rack. Oh and, shit! And there was one point, the one by my house, like they just had the same books for like. <laughs> Six months well, or until they sold out. Yeah. Well, it was until they sold. But I was all. like the only person in my neighborhood buying comic books, so it was yeah. like I have all these. Can y'all get some more? <laughs> but my mother actually did some research, and she she located Camelot Books over on Fifty Nine and Shepherd, which is where Nan's is now. And she used to take me there twice a month. Okay, she, not every week, but she would take me there twice a month. And um, from the time I think I was like eight years old. So it was, uh, Man. you know, it's I, I've, I've been about this life. Okay, yeah, you got me beat because, like, I was stop and go in the convenience stores, and then I thought I was doing big things because we were going, like, to B. Dalton booksellers and Walden yep. Books in the yep. mall, and, like, that was the first time I went there. It was like, oh, <laughs> like Legion of Superheroes and all these, like, books that I'd heard about or saw in other books, but they didn't get them <laughs> At the stop and go yeah. on Belford and MLK, which is now like a sit go or I don't even know oh, that one. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's something now. Yeah, it may not be like a name brand. <laughs> yeah, it might be like true value gas or something now. <laughs> but yeah, so that was like the because we would I was at Thomas and we'd ride the bus and I'd go past my house on the seventy seven MLK to get off there <laughs> and then walk back to Reed Road. Man. And before that, we just would ride our bikes, and we would just we, like we would just hit all the convenience stores in that area on our bikes, like from like elementary school to middle school, and just see what they had, and we just make like a little circuit. That's dedication. Yeah, right that's there. really dedicated. Man. Yeah, man. You know, or if you got to go to the mall, which are you know, my mom, you know, big shopper, so when they were at JCPenney's and Almeda, Almeda, I was at the something. You know, and a lot of times they didn't get to come home with me. I just read them. <laughs> I just read that's how I read Batman the Dark Knight yeah. the first time while she was in Bells or Joskies yeah. or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> oh man shout out to yeah shout out to Alameda Mall man Alameda Mall used to hold it down and Golfgate too yeah before the decline yeah. you know back when they still had the movie theater like once they closed the movie theater down it kind of like collapsed in on itself yeah three screens but it was the best thing because <laughs> you could get dropped off at Golfgate yep you spend the day at Golfgate, you go over there and walk watch, across that bridge and watch all three of those movies. Oh, yeah. Back from to one yes. Price. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a little history lesson. Just a little, just, just to give you our resume real quick. Hey, man, boys got deep resumes. <laughs> yeah, that's because we're old, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're definitely here to talk about Luke Cage. Um, you know, just my, my personal experience with him. Um, it's kind of crazy because I didn't. I know that Luke Cage came about around like 1973 or whenever. Um, obviously, I'm not 
quite that well. I, I, I was born in 74. <laughs> but um, I didn't really come to know Luke Cage until probably the mid to late 80s because he wasn't really, at least in, in the, the circles that I would subscribe to, he wasn't really in, like, High circulation. No, he was a, he was a character that occasionally appeared in some books, but he wasn't really well known. And I and I, sometime around eighty nine or ninety, I discovered this thing called back issues. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, when I started again, when I met Camelot, right? I was like, oh, so this is a whole section of books that got printed a long time ago. Yeah. And I kind of I, I can't remember which which books I I picked up. I think a couple of heroes to hire books. That's it. Um, and I kind of got interested in that. And I, you know, I was like, this is also when I was really into like Richard Pryor and, and, uh, and Gene Wilder. So I was like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. This is kind of like right. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. <laughs> I mean, obviously it wasn't a comedy, but yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, black dude, white dude in comics and they're good friends. And, but you know. there was like an element and a smartness to because the, the even though it was a gritty comic book, it still had funny parts to it. And right. the interactions about them learning about each other and exposing each other. So, so it kind of had that same feel of like, fish out of water like hey look no you don't do that you do this don't talk to this person mm-hmm. come over here walk on this side of the street not that side of the street mm. everybody's right. not your friend danny yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Of and that's that's what really kind of kind of drew me to the characters both of them actually because it wasn't just like uh you know a regular superhero book where they fight some villain and they all have magical powers and all right. this it was really kind of a sociological thing where these two guys were studying the dynamics of what it was like to be you know a multicultural group so to speak right yeah, yeah. and it was you know it was really in your face it was it was really progressive for its time yes <laughs> and then you know I, I after that I went back and I read some of the older Luke Cage books and I, I kind of cringed because I was like because I was older obviously like this is in the 90s so I'm older Going back to the early '70s ones when it was it was really jive time. <laughs> yeah, you know, jive turkey. Like the the funniest thing, and I, I will never forget this. This is this is like the most like black exploitationist thing I remember is Luke Cage actually put hands on Doctor Doom. I'll tell you why. I remember this story. <laughs> so basically, Doctor Doom paid Luke Cage to beat up some there were like some renegade doom bots they got they uh-huh. got out and they were wreaking havoc but they all looked like black people you know this is when all the doom bots all the doom bots looked like people yeah yeah and he was like and i can't remember where it was after but he was like hey luke i need to i need you to go and destroy these doom bots because they're getting out of hand luke was like cool luke went out handled this thing destroyed all the doom bots came back to doom like yo i need you to break me off dr doom was going to pay him $200 to do all this. <laughs> Dr. Doom skipped town. <laughs> it was like, psych! <laughs> so Luke Cage flew to Latveria, <laughs> caught up with Dr. Doom, whooped his ass, and got his $200. <laughs> I was like, all right, don't let it happen again. It was like something like that. Just don't let it happen again, all right? Yeah. He was serious about his money. No, bro. Like, honestly, like, the, those early, like, Luke Cage books are like, they're like textbook blaxploitation yeah. movies. Like, it's it's jive talking and it's pimps and prostitutes yes. and heroin addicts and it's, it's, it yeah. It was like the good times of comedy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It didn't really start getting better. I think once they got to, like, the hero for hire, and they still had kind of, like, weird villains where you'd be kind of like, yeah. 
why is the villain a pimp? Yeah. Like, why? And he really is a pimp. Like, he's a pimp with, like, a machine gun and, like, a big hat yeah. and a yeah. collar. But it was like, you kind of, like, well, one thing you knew, the people that were writing, that were writing at that time weren't people who were exposed to it. They were going on what they had heard, What they saw, yeah, And yeah. what they saw. You know, it wasn't really people. Because, like, now, of course, Bendis has turned him into this incredible... Well-rounded, right, and that's that's what I want. Dimensional character, and I think like Bond did it a little bit in like the Namor series when he kind of brought them back around a little bit, them, a little bit. Because they they did have another Heroes for Hire series that I, I want to say it was probably in the nineties, like in mid to late nineties or something like that. Yeah, which was it was only okay because it was it was in that weird time where Marvel still was kind of. They were basically writing themselves into the hole because they 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 hit yeah. a they hit a like a writer's block. Yep. Like all the way through the late 90s and almost went bankrupt because yep. of it. Well, no, like I tell people, they're like, well, why don't they have their properties? I said, because honestly, Marvel was like some crackheads. They were selling, they were selling, they were selling it off. Like, yeah. We probably could have yeah. bought some properties, probably like some lesser known characters. Yeah. We probably could have pulled our money together and bought the rights yeah. <laughs> to those characters. I just wanted to buy one character, you know. Just <laughs> so you can say, like, just say I have one. Like, yeah, like, y'all want to use him in a movie? Y'all got to talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it would just be like a regular, like, not even the person with powers. It's just like someone like Gwen Stacy. Someone like that. Just, <laughs> like I just a super low tier. Yeah, just, just, just one right there. Because they're going to use them. Get like a couple those. of low tier properties. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? But that's how, it. like, that 80s, late 80s into the 90s, it was just like, that's why you got, like, the Dolph Lundgren, not to get too much off this mm-hmm. stuff, but, like, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie that he doesn't have a Punisher skull on yeah, his shirt for some at all. reason. <laughs> yeah. Daggers and stuff. Like, got, like, these weird kind of Marvel movies that weren't really. The Captain Marvel America movies. movie is terrible. Ooh. That's one of the, man. man, I remember um, <laughs> I remember watching that. So I, I started reading comic books probably around middle school. So it was early nineties. Um and then there was a uh there was a I was really into sports cards too. Yeah. And then I got into the Marvel cards. Yep. Um and there was a uh place called Field of Dreams. I think it was called oh, bait no, it was called Baseball Fever. It's right next to a Luby's on uh, Highway Six. And we would always go to church, go to Luby's, and then me and my brother we walk around while they're okay. paying the check to go to go get some <laughs> co- comic books. So, um, but I also remember watching the Captain America movie, and it took the entire movie for him to actually get into the damn suit. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I, I was more about like immediate stuff, and then I once I got older, I would read the stories about. What was about. I was all about the action. Yeah, that movie's terrible. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. That movie is terrible. It was bad, man. I, I think he had a little stupid motorcycle and everything. Yeah, he had like, a motorcycle. It was, it was bad. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the red brown ones from the seventies with the motorcycle helmet oh, and the clear shield. Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I talk. I was talking to Sife about this. That was sold live. <laughs> You saw all this key, like you just like, yeah. oh my god, like the Captain America. You see the Captain, you see the Hulk. Oh, you just be now. You look back and you're like, it's ooh, ooh. Man, we come a long ooh. way. We come a long way, man. But I like back then. I loved like it was it like those Friday nights where either they had the Hulk movie or the Hulk show, and then the spinoff characters, even the horrible like Spider-Man live action show. Oh, <laughs> but it was just when I watch it. But you would just be so excited because it was something that. That you like, yep. you're like, I oh, mean, I'm gonna watch it, you know. You didn't even think about it. You, it, it was incredible, you know. Then later on, you look back, like, ooh, <laughs> or you see videos on YouTube. I'm like, man, yeah, I watched every hour of that. that every came on, <laughs> I remember watching those with my dad. It's just, 
I, can't watch them now. I can't watch them. <laughs> like, it just, it just used to be amazing. And I would sit in front of my TV every week. And just, mesmerized. And, and mesmerized. Now I'm just like, wow, I... I really didn't know better at the time. Well, you know, we we took what we had, you know. But the good thing is, all those characters have been have been modernized, and including Luke Cage. So you mentioned before uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, who I who I actually thanked in person at Comic Con a couple years ago. I think everyone should thank him. I thanked him in person for rejuvenating Luke Cage because, um, you know, we we've always had Black Panther, and Black Panther is, is you know it's a phenomenal hero. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming in 2018, which will be the blackest movie ever, ever. <laughs> but 95 percent of the cast, American or black or African. Yeah. Yes. But um, you know, Luke Cage. The the thing about Luke Cage is that he he's he's a he's a super powered being, but he doesn't have what I call like fantastic powers. He doesn't have like a fantastic story. He's a very street level character who who's really like an everyman with a high moral fiber and he just wants to do what's right. Right. Yep. And uh the the to really credit Bendis's writing, you know, that's that's what he really brought out of Luke Cage. Like Luke Cage is a yes, he's sir. he's a reluctant leader but he's also a born leader and he, you over the last decade or so he's really grown into an A-list character not because he has like these iconic powers or anything like that but because he's really like he's really a character that you can look up to right yeah. without without being corny or like someone you can identify with as like because like you said you talked about like his morals his fibers family mm. values things that like he's like okay at the yeah. end of the day this is where i want to be and these are the mm. things that i want to achieve yeah and it's like it's not to fight galactus it's like look i want to take care of the crime that's around me right clean up take this care area, take care of the community in the neighborhood the community you know, if we gotta knock some heads that happen to be superpower heads. We're gonna go ahead and I can handle that. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I, I'm glad that Bendis wrote it that way. And actually, to backtrack a little bit, just before Bendis started writing them, I don't know if you remember this. There was actually a um, there was actually a Luke Cage miniseries, uh, and it came out on the on the Max imprint. You remember this? I remember this? that. I, I don't remember who wrote it, but. If I find that if I find out who it is and find a dude, I will beat his ass. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> because it was terrible. Was he like like he had like a he was a like beanie on, he had like a beanie beard, on a, a big a big gold chain. chain. He was just trying like to fuck everybody. Yeah, what the fuck? He was just running around trying to fuck but everybody. The, was, the whole Max series, like a lot of stuff, it was just like how can we get even like the Nick Fury book? How can we get Nick Fury to kill somebody and fuck somebody? Yeah, like, because it was like we can do this because it's, it's the it's Max the Max series. MAX. So yeah, we can make we can be as hyper violent. Yeah, I remember that. Series. It was the most stereotypical it was book. Terrible. <laughs> he had like gold teeth, and he's just oh, like, man. His, come his on, jeans man. were sagging. It was just terrible. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> and that's why when Bendis came around, and I think he reintroduced him in um in the Alias books, the Jessica Jones yeah. books. Um, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, now we get an interracial couple. In comics, a uh, high uh, well, not even it wasn't even a high profile couple no. at the time, but the way that he wrote it was very organic. Uh, they had a one night stand, and then they just kind of kicked it after that. Next, yeah. thing you know, they uh, they got married, yeah. had mm -hmm. a kid, and and the the appeal for Jessica Jones is about the same as Luke Cage, and that she's just not like fantastically powered, but these are people with powers who you feel like would exist in the real world. And that you and can know. know. <laughs> also, it's a, it's a good contrast from the, I guess, your A-list now because they're reluctant heroes. They're right. not really, 
they don't really want to do the shit. In certain moments, they're like, ah, I don't. It's not really what I want to do. But somebody has to do it. But somebody has to do it. <laughs> and <you know>? I'm here. <laughs> and then you know, Bendis when he took over Avengers, uh, he wrote Luke in as the leader of one of the Avengers team of the Avengers team. And he's been pretty much A-list from there. So he's, you know, Luke Cage has been kind of at the middle of everything ever since then. Yeah. Um, right now they're back on uh, the Luke Cage and Iron Fist thing, which in, in this series is kind of okay. It, it, I hate the art. Yeah, the, the, the art I can't, the I can't really is, stand. It's horrible. The stories have been okay, but the art is just, the art is it's like a Marvel tryout book or something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's egregious. I mean, shout out to the you know, shout out to the creators of the book. You know, they're both black men, but um, tighten your art up, homie. Tighten your art up just a little bit, <laughs> but it, it it really brings it back to the original aesthetic of Heroes for Hire, where they they're basically looking out for their community. Yeah. So it's not all about saving the world from Galactus or Annihilus or, or whoever <laughs> happens to fly out of the sky someday. These are just people who have the ability to take care of their block. Yeah. And and they make a difference, you know, fairly close to home. Right. You know. Any else anything else you want to say about the book? Did I cover it all? Did I miss yeah, I think, anything? I think I think between the three of us we bounce back and forth to get it all summed okay. up pretty good. Because yeah. I want to get to the meat of it, man. Yeah, let's get to the uh the entree. Do you remember how you felt? Um I guess at this point it was about two years ago when when they announced a Luke Cage series. Well, they announced, they announced it along with, like Jessica Jones and the Defenders and whatnot. And they, I think they mentioned Iron Fist at the same time. Do you remember how you felt? Yeah, I was, I was confused. I was, uh, I was a little conflicted because I didn't know how. Because this is before Daredevil. Mm -hmm. or was it after the first, first they, Daredevil? They, they. I think production had already started on Daredevil, but it hadn't aired yet. Right, it had not so aired. So I was worried about what direction. It was gonna take because I wasn't sure if it was gonna. Actually, you know, you know what? I'm wrong. They announced them all at the same time because they announced Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and then the Defenders. Okay, I remember that now. Okay, yeah, yeah it was all at once. Yeah, <clears throat> I just remember thinking I was worried about the direction they were gonna go in because mm -hmm. even though they'd done like the Avengers movies, the I was like, okay, how is this gonna translate to? Netflix. Like right. what is, what are they gonna you know, what is this gonna be like? Is it gonna be funny? Is it gonna be serious? You know, is it gonna be too serious? Is it gonna be too funny? Are they gonna be able to find that place that makes me happy? Right. Thank that's, God. that's really all I was I was about. I was pretty excited because I think I was heavy into Netflix shows and how they have it seems like they have more freedom than yeah. regular T V and even right. movies too. Uh so especially with the Marvel stuff. Uh, I don't know how long Agents of Shield had been on the air when they made that announcement, but they, I they had probably been on the air one year, one season. Yeah, and I yeah I like I like Agents. I just thought it was really safe, yeah. right? You know, super safe. Um, but this, I was really excited. I was like, man, they can hopefully do Daredevil right. I think it, everything hinged on Daredevil for me. Though. Yeah, and I think that once I saw Daredevil, I kind of I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, because I because. They went there. Yeah, yeah. We we all had that same trepidation. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, there, I was like, oh they, shit. We had that same trepidation because even with the Avengers movies and and the Agents of Shield, it was very clean cut. Yep. Yeah, and, very clean. And we know that with Daredevil and all the other street level heroes, they got their hands a little dirty. Right. Yeah. You know, for real. And then I think the first time someone said bullshit and fuck on yeah. Daredevil, I was like, <laughs> let's <good>. go. <laughs> we good. We good. 
or, or the first time he bled because well, yep. because one of the things that I've noticed in like there's not a lot of blood in the Marvel cinematic universe. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah that's not they can't do it, man. That's it's not it's, Disney. There's gunshots, there's bullets, there's explosions, but there's not a lot of blood and bruises it's afterwards. It's just people falling off the screen. People falling yep. off the screen. Whereas with this, like you know, Daredevil looked like. Matt Murdock from the John Romita comic book. Like, yeah. he gets home and it's like... Because the thing is, Daredevil doesn't have any superpowers except for his the radar senses. Right, yep. The, you know, the hype and... That's it. Like, he's not super strong. He's not nope. super... So when he's getting beat up, he's getting beat He's getting up. his ass beat. So when they showed him the neck, like, limping and bloody and brutal, I was like, okay, yep. this is this is going to be okay. And I think it all really hit home in... Like, was it was it episode two where he had the, where he had the hallway fight? And, yeah. the, and the hands finally came out? The hands came out, it was over. <laughs> I was like, yeah, everything else that comes after this, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm ready for it. I'm ready yeah, for it. So, yeah, so I think after I, start, after I saw Daredevil, I was like, I'm, Cage is going to be incredible. So then we got introduced to Cage finally in the Jessica Jones series. And I didn't which, like that guy at first. Really? I was like, who is he? I was like, he should be bigger. And I was like, and then I saw him in Jessica Jones, and I was like, I like him. <laughs> I was like, I, and I recognize it from somewhere. I just don't know where. I've seen him in stuff. I know that, you know, but I don't know where I know him from. But when I saw him as Cage, I was like, it was believable. I was like, I like you as Luke Cage. Now, I remember before before Mike Coulter got casted and we were all trying to figure out who would be Luke Cage. I I, I had always believed that Michael Jai White would be the best one. Okay. And okay. I, but he he kind of he kind of dissed me at Comic-Con, too. <laughs> um, so you put in the word, don't cast him. No, I said, I said, hey, man, you... uh. You ever you ever like consider playing Luke Cage? No. Okay. Um, right, so Spawn. Know, Luke Cage. Doesn't, <laughs> okay. Luke Cage uh, doesn't do martial arts. So no, I mean, but shit. you know, Michael Jai White, he can look the part, and he, you know, he has hands. He can do different styles. And I loved him in Black Dynamite. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But you know, he he kind of he kind of stone faced me on that one. Mm. Um, I remember you know debating with people like I think someone mentioned Terry Crews. I like. Terry can look the part, but he's—I don't think he could. hes a little too silly. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think Terry Crews. I think he is probably may have been like in my the, top five for the character. Yeah. Now, when I started hearing rumors of Tyrese, man, I was like, no. Man, listen, I was like, no. Everybody Hell gives Tyrese no. a hard time. I would boycott. They don't want him to play John Stewart. Nope. They don't want him to- nope. Not at all. He's really nope. campaigning for the John Stewart man. Nope. <laughs> it's not happening. But if you would have said, "Hey, Chris Evans is going to play Captain America," I would have been like, "You know nope. what? I agree with you on that." Because when I heard he got cast, I was like, "Why?" If you, Ryan, if after you saw Green Lantern, if they said, "Hey, Ryan Reynolds is going to play Deadpool," you, no. Well, actually, though, I always always I, felt like I, yeah, I can see Reynolds that. I can see that with Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds, or even Deadpool. after the Wolverine movie where he played Deadpool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we don't talk was, about that. Movie. <laughs> that movie didn't happen. I don't know what movie you talking? What movie about? you talking about, man? But I'm like, it's like the, sometimes those outside of the box castings. Yes, you know what I'm saying. But I'm with you when you know I didn't I didn't have an opinion on Mike Coulter beforehand because I was like I don't. I've seen him before, but I never yeah. see, like, everybody, like, I don't know what he's, seen I don't him know in what stuff, he's in. Nobody knows. Like I know, I've seen him in stuff. I've seen him on television. I know for a fact, yeah. but I don't. I can't remember what. But the one thing that that I always have to credit Marvel for is that they do a tremendous job on casting people. Like you said, Chris Evans, when uh, Chris Hemsworth was cast as Thor, I was like, why? Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> he got it. When Mark Ruffalo was cast as Bruce Banner, I was like. Uh, okay, but it works. Yeah. The only person that I ever felt was spot on was Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey Jr. Yep. yep. And, well, Sam Jackson, they had to make him Nick Fury because that was just a come up. 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, what I was going to say with, um, like, then watching Mike Coulter in Jessica Jones, I was, I like I said, I, I was like, okay, this is Luke Cage. I felt the sincerity. I, I liked him. I genuinely liked him as just a character, period. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think this, I was like, if they go in the right direction with this Cage show, it's going to be pretty good. Right. But the only problem that I've had <laughs> with the Marvel, well, I have two problems with the Marvel Netflix universe. I know it's set in New York, but goddamn, do they have to do so much walking and talking? Yeah. <laughs> like, that shit kills me. So I was yeah. glad to see that there wasn't that much of that in the Luke Cage show. Yeah. But for the first two seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones, yeah. I was like, look, can y'all just talk when y'all get there? Like, <laughs> I'm tired of like, you guys. Like, walking. y'all are wearing me out. Y'all like, don't take the know, train every once in a while. They talk about, yeah, they talk about like walking. Game of Thrones, the sex position to get the story. It's like, what is this? Like, some kind of walk, but like, just good God. Like, hey, sit down and have some coffee right? and talk. Like, yeah, like, I'm. <laughs> y'all wearing you know, me out. I know I'm from, I'm from Texas and we, Houston and we got a car culture, but. Good lord, the walking and talking. <laughs> no, that's 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 pretty funny. That, um, was, that was one, and the other one I'll talk about later once we start talking about this okay. show. <laughs> um, so, and again, Marvel did a very good job of introducing him, and it wasn't just like a cameo where he popped up. He was like, "Hey, I'm Luke Cage." I'm Luke Cage. Yeah, he I'm was Power actually Man. he was actually <laughs> integral to the plot, right? And it got a, You got a chance to kind of get to know him, so that there's not so much of a cold open right. when his own series comes out. Uh, so. That happened, and then when production on the Luke Cage series started, and we found out that Chael Coker was a showrunner for it, I was like, sold. Yeah. Already. I was like, here's somebody that knows it, and everything that he was saying in the beginning was right. He's like, we're shooting in New York. This is going to, this the, the show demographically is going to represent um, the people of that community, and he was like, this is, you know, we're going to have a predominantly black cast because when you when you go into this setting and you walk around and you see the people, they're predominantly black and brown people. And I would not know until I saw it just how true that was. Well, I'm just going to talk about something, period, in movies. Like, yeah. You know, I watch a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. There are movies and TV shows where obviously they take place in a world where no black people exist. <laughs> yes, not There's not a person walking in the background. Not a one. They don't have a black friend. <laughs> There's not a black co-worker. So something like this really was refreshing to see. Because it felt... And there were a lot... Well, I know we're going to get into it, but yeah. there are a lot of repurposed characters from other shows <sighs> yeah. that we love. Turk. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Turk. My man, Turk. Money-making <laughs> Mitch. I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. You know, so I, I thought that was cool, too. You know, I think there's a, I think there is a blend of, you know, people that watch predominantly black shows that have black characters in them. Yep. And to see them pop up in this Marvel world is kind of cool to see. Yes. I think. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, they, they announced the date of September 30th. And I think on that date, I scheduled a day off work immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside, I went ahead and put in that time like, boop. Yeah, y'all not going to find me this day. Oh, man, what's going on? You taking some, some holiday time? It's none of your business. I just won't be here. <laughs> I just won't be here. Man. And you don't know why. And yes, it's go, it's going to be a nice three day weekend, but I'm only going to need one day for it. Twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not going to bring up the uh, the press event that happened to Cactus Music. I'm not going to bring that up again. 
And once uh, again, that was a misunderstanding. I did not know about the press oh, no. event. I, you know, I just, we had that fa- you about to unfriend yeah. me on Facebook. I just want to say. Oh, it was hovering. You know? It was hovering. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no. I was like, I thought you guys didn't know about Ali, Shaheed, Muhammad, and H- I, the, the scoring of the show. And yeah. I think that, that announcement got me even more excited about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, music is music is great. Yeah. The scoring was incredible. The scoring was incredible, man. It was just oh. So let's dive into it, man. Okay. First of all, let's talk about how you watched it. So... For me, myself, personally, myself, <laughs> um, I actually, I actually started trying to watch it at 11 p.m. because I was like, maybe they're gonna start like at midnight <laughs> Eastern time, and they were like, nah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so I, I went ahead and took a nap, and of course, at two o'clock on the dot, I hit that refresh, and it was there. Now available. Yeah, and I I watched uh, I watched the first three episodes that night, and I, I tapped out at about five in the morning. Um, went to sleep until about nine. Uh, I think I watched four more episodes, ate lunch, watched four more episodes, cut the yard, and then I just finished off the last few at about like eight nine p.m. Okay. So I, I watched it all that first day. Man, I um. I started Friday at work, and I watched, <laughs> I watched about four episodes throughout the day, um, and then I watched some that evening, and then uh, yesterday was when I had time to finish it. So Saturday, on Saturday, Saturday you finished <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I woke up around two o'clock Friday morning, <laughs> and I watched. I, prom- I was going to only watch one episode. Nope, that's not going to happen. I was going to watch the first episode. <laughs> not going to happen. And then go back to sleep because I had to go to work in the morning. Instead, I watched the first two episodes. And then that's when I sent you the message. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said this about Atlanta, and I'm going to say this about Luke Cage. This is the <laughs> To Pimp a Butterfly of television. Yes. Good analogy. I feel like it's it's unapologetically for us and it's it's sung to my soul. And I watched the first two episodes and I was like, I'm good. I gotta go to work. (laughs) (laughs) I went to work and I actually only I had a short day and I got off early. I was like, I'm not gonna go home and watch Luke Cage. I ran some errands. (laughs) No, I did. I ran ran some errands. Oh you didn't go home. Okay. Because oh, if I went you go home, home, it's a wrap. I went home, put some short pants on because it was a nice day, and I had jeans on. So I put some short pants on, ran some errands, met my wife. We went to dinner, ran around for a little while, got back home around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I think I watched like two or three episodes Friday night. Yeah. Went to sleep, woke up, watched about three episodes Saturday morning. Before we got out and did some stuff, and we got back home around two that afternoon, I watched everything except the last two episodes. Went and got some food, came back, finished it up. <laughs> Man, <laughs> finished it up. Because at first I was gonna try to stretch it out. I was like, a couple nope. episodes here, couple. No, I always man. say, every, I say about House of Cards. Nope. Or I always say the same thing, and I had to fly through. Yeah. The only one I didn't say about was. Uh, the one, the uh, the one that was just on, 
about the hip hop one. Uh, get, get, get down. The get down. Yeah, yeah. that I was kind of short. You could have done night. it. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. I, watched, one night. I woke up Friday. I woke up Saturday morning and watched them all. Yeah, just in one city. But yeah, no, it it was incredible. It was music. The title. The titles of the titles, all the titles, Gangstar songs, the casting. Um, so let's talk about the casting for a moment. Um, okay. And, and I'm going to talk in broad strokes first because I was live tweeting the whole thing. And, okay. and I actually got <laughs> caught up at one moment because by the end of the first episode, and this this is a testament to how how well they treated the show. At the end of the first episode, I just I just happened to notice like everyone that's appeared on screen in this episode except for two people were people of color and the best part about it was it wasn't in your face and it wasn't no. distracting no like it wasn't intentionally like was we, are yeah, we are black we are black we are black it was very like like it, it felt like a very natural setting and for a lot of people again in that in that world just like anyone who lives in an area that might be more homogenous these are the people that you see, and it was nice to see just well-written characters, whether they were whether they were white, Asian, black, or whatever. These are just well-written characters who performed well. Well, yes, sir. Um, obviously, we've already talked about Mike Coulter. I feel like uh, Frankie Faison as pops should appear in anything that ever pertains to New York. Like Frankie <laughs> Faison just needs to be there. Yeah. Because he's like he's he's everybody's uncle. Yep. He's everybody's uncle. What did y'all what did you guys think of his performance in this show? See, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I just love him. I just got through finishing, you know, watching him on uh Banshee. Yep. You know, and, and he's 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 like the same character. Yeah, he's the same character, you know, and, and but you need that I like they needed that voice. Yeah. You need that mentor kind of like it yeah. I, it it definitely got the the barbershop and if you, the old barbershop. If you've and ever been to an old, old yes, barbershop like the Vales on Reed yeah, Road, where it's like the old cats in the yep. barbershop, the that older was the guys vibe yep. that you got. Like, and that's what it opened with. Like say young blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's teaching you a lesson, you know what I'm saying? Like always got some information. That was that you. was cool. That was definitely cool. Yeah. But his his character was was really I would say probably was Luke's motivation. Throughout Absolutely. the entire series. Absolutely. Man. He was a catalyst. Yeah, he, I mean, Luke is, as we said before, he's a reluctant hero. Yeah. But, um, and, and we'll get to that a little bit later because I will talk about what some people's criticisms of the show were and how those people are idiots. <laughs> to die. But it was <laughs> his, you know, this was, that was his motivation to actually do what he did. Yep. Right. Uh, because just like we all know, we all grew up in, if not the hood, a hood-like situation where there were people of all different moral fibers around us and we just kind of knew like you know i'm going to assume that some of us knew people who you know who smoke crack yeah. some of us knew dealers yeah some yeah. of us knew people in various criminal elements but everyone coexisted and you just understood that as long as you don't step on my toes we're all good yeah and let's and this is going to count sound kind of right. weird but a lot of those guys who were of the criminal element actually didn't mean harm to people in their own community. They right. actually kind of looked out. So when you look at uh, the guy who played Cornell Stokes, Maher Salah, I'm butchering his name. Yeah, I can never say his Maher name. Maher Salah Ali. He was in uh, he was House Re of Cards. Remy from House of Cards. Remy from House of Cards. That's, that's what we'll call him. We'll call him yeah, Remy. I just call him Remy. <laughs> you know, apologize. Remy coming up, man. Apologies to him. Um, <laughs> you know, that's why his character, I think, was so well written in that 
he wasn't just a guy who was trying to push guns through the neighborhood. He actually had a believable backstory where he was kind of brought into this life. He had aspirations to do something else. Right. I thought that was tight too. That yeah, was, was real. That was real. that gave it, that gave him an, another element of he's been in it for so long. It's kind of he can't he can't go back. Right. You know. I'm just I'm just gonna keep referencing Atlanta and keep saying that like it's a good time because they're having characters of color who are three dimensional. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know they're like real people. You're not just all. Oh, I'm a dope deal. I'm gonna sell all the dope. Like you know, you got hopes, you got dreams, you got aspirations. You know, so it's, it was it was the characterization was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't just a villain just for the right. sake of being a villain. Uh, Alfre Woodard as Mariah Dillard, again in the books, and the, and I, I had a problem with her character in the books because her character is just a very stereotypical like um, den mother or whatever you want to call it, like the 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 old black woman that runs the brothel right. whatever, the madam <laughs> the like madam, madam yeah. she was like very serious just a big black woman in a mammy dress yeah who was loud and abrasive and I, the thing I like about again the way that they wrote Mariah in the book and first of all Alfre Woodard is a phenomenal actress phenomenal yes just phenomenal actress <laughs> she didn't start off as just a bad person now she's she's a politician and you know she may have she she was towing she, that line. She was towing that line because Cornell's family, um, you know, and, and yes, she had some ulterior motives, but she wasn't like a villainous yeah, type politician. Yeah, yeah. She's just like any other politician where we're going to do some things to get certain things done, yep. and I'm going to make myself look good while right. doing so. So, mm-hmm. again, that was a very believable character who, for the most part, was kind of great. She wasn't one way or the other. Um, Misty Knight. Played by uh, my new bay, the beautiful Simone Missick. <laughs> new new bay alert. New bay alert. The beautiful. She's married though. I know. Uh, but you know, uh, and her dude's a cool actor. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. So shout out to, uh, yeah, shout out to him. Um, <laughs> but no, I and you know, I was I I felt kind of bad because when she was announced, and the first thing I do when people get announced is like I go to their Instagram and just kind of just you know um, okay. creep on them. <laughs> creep and do a research. Uh, it's not creepy. Do a little research. Uh, you know, I, I I looked at her IMDb. Okay. And she had some credits on there, but I, I hadn't seen anything that she was in. So I was I was really more curious than anything uh, about how she would perform because Misty Knight in the books is one of my favorite characters. I think she's written well. She's also one of those multi-dimensional characters in the book as yeah. well, and she's a very strong and intelligent character. Yes. And she did a phenomenal job. And and this this might sound sacrilegious to some people. But she was my favorite character in the show. And I think if you if you take a look at the overall arc of the show, she was probably the actual heart of the show. Yep. Like a lot of it, most of it revolved around her. Yep. Uh, yeah, she um, was she was a major character, definitely. I will have to agree with you. I would say that I didn't um I guess I didn't have appreciation for her character until the series was over. I can understand it. Kind of halfway through it, I didn't like her that much. Just her character. Like, she she was mm-hmm. acting her ass off, but I just, I was like, man, Misty, she go somewhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, being you know, too persistent just, for you? Yeah, she was just too much. Like, man, Luke a good guy, man. You think he did all this shit, really? And then once she started to see what was really going on, putting yeah. everything together, putting everything together, I did like the whole visual aspect. Like she 
could see the things happening. It was, yeah. they, they, man, they, they had a lot of elements I mean, of she's, like she's a detective, so she has she has to be skeptical yeah, of yeah. things. And that and that's that's actually a mark of a good detective in that unfortunately, you know, they, they say the law says you're innocent until proven guilty, but detectives work a little differently in that they have to they have to think they have to assume that there's a the the possibility of guilt. all possibilities. Right. All suspects. So she has to she has to chase him down as yeah. if as if he's as if he's guilty, and of course she she's she's always doing what she feels is right at the time, which yeah. pays off in the end. Yeah, um, Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson, old bay as Claire Temple. She ain't that old. I was like, man, bay. <laughs> so we saw more of her character in this series than we have in any of the other series. Yeah, and I think that was that was really impressive because. You know, she was in Daredevil for for like that long, yeah. But I, I almost felt at some points like she was just there, kind of as a semi love interest, yeah. And she was in Jessica Jones a little bit, and I think they kind of had her in there just to tie it all together. All together. Obviously, she was there to do the same thing in Luke Cage, but she was more integral to this series than any other. That she like she was one of the like more significant characters. In like the if, if if there was a team. If it was a Luke Cage team, she was on that team. Yeah. I think. And I, I I think it was cool that her character developed past a nurse that had seen some shit. It was like, well, she's really studying and trying to figure out she's more interested in helping the the superhuman characters right. of people with abilities. And you, you and now you understand why. Because in the book, no one really explains why the night nurse does is what the she night does. Nurse. Like why is why is this random white chick just sitting in the basement somewhere in her like ratchet looking basement just patching people up? With her white nurse's outfit <laughs> right. and blue cape on. Right. Like why is she down there? And now you understand with, with Rosario's character is that she's been through some shit. She's seen some shit. Yeah. And she's like, I can't really ignore what I've seen and since these superpowered beings are going to be a part of our lives, and, and every year we see more and more of them coming out the woodworks, mm -hmm. I could be the one to to service them on that end. Now I don't know how she's going to make a living. Yeah, I don't know. Besides I don't know working in the cafe from. with her moms, but, <laughs> but you know now. But at least we understand what her motivation is, and she doesn't. I'm glad that they didn't just have her appear. And just be in a basement somewhere. And that's what I was up. worried about when they showed her. I was like, if she's gonna make this same little like daredevil cameo. Yeah. Like, nah, why? she she, you know? she became a major player too. Yeah, no. Yeah. She she was in it. So she was in the mix. Um, Theo Rossi as as Shades. Man. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing about him. I I kind of laughed when he got. Well, when he first showed up on screen, I was like, because I, I still think of him as Juice from Sons of Anarchy. From Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know, he's not, he's not really, he's not really an intimidating dude, man. And just, you know, he's he's walking on the screen, he's just smirking the whole time, just like, dude, just want to just yeah, yeah, <laughs> just lay him out real quick. And and I didn't like him for most. I, I would say for the at least the first half of the series, I didn't really care for him. Um, but I think they did some things in the second half of that series that made him more formidable, and and they kind of gave him a reason. I didn't to start be liking him until he started whispering in Mariah's ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, when, yeah. When, once that All happened, of a sudden it became like, okay, this dude is somebody. Because before it was like, eh. Yeah. But once he started like charging her up, basically, yeah. It was like this is what you need to do. Yeah. It was like this is the dude you need to be looking out for. Right. 
and you know he he he's not he's not a physical threat, but he obviously he has some mental capacity. Definitely a master manipulator to make some things happen. I'm glad they didn't go with the version that's in the book, which is basically a dude that shoots lasers from his glasses or something like that. It was something corny like that. Um, what was her partner's name? Because I um, Misty's partner, Colleen. No, the one in the uh, show. Oh, oh, Priscilla Ridley. No, the the, Tell me the guy. Oh, Cookie Scarf, Cop. Scarf, Raphael Scarf. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just like that dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I knew he was dirty from the first time he stepped on the screen, though. Well, like he just made vegetarians look bad. I was yeah, like, man. I was like, <laughs> so you making the vegetarians? I was like, that's how y'all get man, down. Man. I was like, right. I was like, man, that's what y'all do. You setting us back. People starting to, to trust us, and you didn't set us back. Now I never trust vegetarians. <laughs> trust, trust vegans even less, man. We're oh, trustworthy. Man. Trust we vegans don't have even an agenda. less. Man. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had a good character, I thought. I mean, Dirty Cop. Yeah, I knew. When in he, over his head. I think when they added the factor about his uh, his son passing. Yeah. Son killing himself or accidentally killing himself. I thought that was, that added an element of, like, he's just kind of out of control. He just don't even care. Yeah, because, like, again. what is he doing it for? In the know? real world, people aren't just born bad, right. so to speak. Yeah. And there's always a there's always a reason why people do what they do, and it's not necessarily that Scarf was a bad person. Well, he did kill Chico. Yeah, Chico. But, but Chico went to me. I'm Chico. Like you don't go meet like. Yeah. Yeah. Like when when, when, when come, it went to come, that scene, come, I was like, me up. I was like, man, Chico, Chico ain't going nowhere, man. This, this is it for Chico. Yeah, like, I was like, Chico, he's getting you emotional out of there. talking about like, pop. I was like, yeah, he about to get him. Tell on everybody. Yeah. you are out of there. It's a wrap, man. Yeah, that that um, <laughs> that whole that whole first robbery scene, man. I was just like, uh, I don't like any of these dudes. Like, I, I want all three of them to die, including well, Chico. I already, what was the, yeah, the, it was the, a band leader. What the, was the guy from the barbershop? Yeah. I, when I when I at the beginning when he was talking, I was like, that's a dude in the barbershop. That after he leave, everybody be like, ah, yeah, that motherfucker, dog. Good lord. Can you finish cutting his hair, though? Yeah, please. Like, just, hey, dude, just knock him out so we can get out of here, man. This boy up a chair, man. (laughs) And so when they robbed the. I was like, yeah, this is not going to end well for you guys. Not at all. Um. So yeah, we we kind of mentioned it before. What, what what were some of the recurring characters that that you like? You mentioned your boy, your boy Turk. Turk, Turk. man. <laughs> what he, wait? What was the one line? He's like, he said, man, y'all y'all Harlem niggas off the hook. I'm finna head back. I'm finna head back. I'm gonna go back to Hell's Kitchen yeah. where it's safe. Yeah. Uh, where's Cottonmouth threw a boy off the roof, where's my man? Money? Yeah. You can go get it for what tone? You can yeah, go, go, you can go downstairs and get it from Tone. <laughs> <laughs> like that was they had some cold one liners in this in this oh, yeah, movie. They man. did. Like they when did. Uh, somebody called the two dudes on the on, on the pier plug one and plug two. Cage. Plug one and plug two. Plug yeah, Kay's like two. plug one, plug two. Uh, that, it's funny because like I don't if you go to Nan's comics and games, you know Brian that works there. Brian's an older white guy. He's a real life Santa Claus with a white beard, drives the art car with Santa Claus yep. on him. He hit me up Friday afternoon saying that he loves he loves the K show. It's incredible. It's smart. You know, Luke Cage's character, where they portray him as a reader, a thoughtful person, is great. He's like, but Andre, some of the references, I've been having to Google them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to keep up, but sometimes I have to pause it and Google to figure out what the references are. I was like, hey, just call me. I'll walk you through it. 
Just keep <laughs> watching the there's show. A, there are a lot of cool references. So there's a lot. There was a yeah. lot going oh, on. Man, and that 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 part there, I was like, man, they made him a reader. He was he was he was on his Ralph Ellison, Walter, Walter Mosley. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. with that. You know, I was like that, and, and and that's what that's what we need to see. Like, he's a well read. And I hate to be like he's so well spoken. But he that's speaks, how he speaks so well. But that's how a lot of us are. That's how a, a lot of people in our circles are. We're all readers. We're yeah. all reasonably intelligent people who are into things besides just talking about sports and being on the block all the time. Yeah. Or like, well, like I was having a conversation with Sife and I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you know what's funny is the people we're around, <laughs> we all want to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we don't have any friends. Like I just want, I don't want to know. Like we want to know. Like if you yeah. say, if I say something to him. Or if he says something to me, I'm like, well, what? What is that? What does that mean? I'm not afraid to ask a question. Like, right. if I don't know, I'm be like, hey, now what? Say that again. I might Google it. I might write it down for later. I may take a note or whatever because I want to know. Yeah, and, and that's there's not there's not a lot of that where there are uh, main characters or thoughtful characters where being smart or being enlightened, being driven by good things is is not commonplace. Yeah, you know, and I think Luke's character is he's driven by. Like you said, good moral fabric. Like he really cares about the neighborhood. Uh, it's not so much that he's against what Cottonmouth is doing, because like you said, everyone kind of works in their bubble. Like you do what you do, as long as it don't interfere with what I do. Right. But once we get to a point where it's interference, then I gotta handle up. You know. Yep. And that's what happened with Pop and Bobby Fisher. Well, Bobby, Bobby Fish. Fish. Bobby, Bobby Fish. Fish. Bobby Fish. <laughs> also a good character. That that man is in every barbershop, every black barbershop oh, man. in America, man. Dude. Um, and that and that's the thing, man. You know, like even even though everyone knew that Cottonmouth was a dangerous guy, even Cottonmouth had a code, and he was like, "I did, I would never." You know, he wasn't going to send anyone down to shoot everyone at to get Chico. right because yeah, he, like that's that's off yeah. because it, you know when you found out that they had a history, they came yeah. up together. He was like, "That's Switzerland. Yeah. yeah, you don't we don't you don't go there. You don't cause trouble there. It's a sacred, safe." Place. Yep, and and Tone crossed that line. Well, because Tone was trying to cover his butt because yeah. he had done the, he he basically <laughs> he was in on it, right? And, so um, it's all gonna come out. So, so you had to get there and silence everything before Tone had to go downstairs for a minute. <laughs> oh man, I was that like, was so cold. I was like, Tone, 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 we had to send a message. Tone shining. He's got yeah. he got the stance. He's like, yeah, I, I'm an executive decision. Decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did. And he just, I'm just like, and you it, are standing too close to the edge. Yeah, yeah. literally in figurative. <laughs> Dude, he, did, he did not know the way <laughs> He was popping at H and I C talk, but he <laughs> right. wasn't. He like, wasn't the H I C. He thought he was going to get the back, the raise, the prom- promotion. Yeah, he, he thought like, he did something like, good. You just messed up, buddy. Oh, like, man. what do we think about the uh, the Willis Stryker character, aka Diamondback? That dude. The first time I remember seeing it was on Boardwalk Empire. Yep, and he was the same slithering, <laughs> same guy. Miserable, just despicable person, and he was amazing in Luke Cage. He was amazing. The he only, the only the drawback top. to him, the only drawback to him, like I love this character. The only drawback was that this fool was delivering monologue after monologue. Like, dog, you were talking about it too much, man. But he also, he also, he was also about it though. But it was like every before he did anything, it was like five minutes. Five minutes of, of him talking. Yes, and it, it was usually it was usually a quote from the Bible. Yeah, too. That, right. I, I actually I actually like that because it it shows like okay, he knows better, but he's using he's using these things to kind of justify or be his theme for. Well, every time gonna, they showed the Bible, care. that he had it highlights and yeah, 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 yeah. And different color highlighters. Yeah, and I was like, you are insane. 
<laughs> son, son of a preacher. He had that you, Judas, that Judas bullet. That first yeah. time he came out looking for Carl, Ooh. I was like, because <laughs> I was like, because like, there's another character, I forget his name, but he has, he went through the same process that Cage went through. He's like blue skin. He has like daggers on his chest. He's like a mercenary. So I was like, is they going to use this guy? You probably thinking about uh, Cold Fire. Is that his name? I can't remember his name now. I have to, I'll have to Google nah, him. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but anyway, time. I thought it was going to be him. But then when he came, I was like, nah, that's not. And I was like, who? I was like, who? And then when he's, I was like, okay, this is going to get good. Even yeah. with the suit. It's a play on the, yeah. the original character. Like how the original character looks like the head, the box head. Yeah, part. like it was. <laughs> they did it right, man. Because because I've I've always been. Uh, me and Damien talk about this all the time. I, their villains haven't really. Marvel's villains since the resurgence. I think there's only a couple that I think have different dimensions to them. Like of course the Loki thing is right. is all uh, that can go on forever. Yeah, you know. But I liked uh, I liked Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. The the Netflix series I think has the better villains. They have more related. And villains. in the way they the way they did Fisk and the, the Fisk first, was incredible. I was like, because I was waiting for it, and then when it finally happened, I was like, oh, this motherfucker's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> he's <laughs> crazy. He's you know, crazy, and he's bad, man. They made Kilgrave legitimately scary. Um, the thing about Cottonmouth is that Cottonmouth was not nearly as powerful as like a Wilson Fisk, but he was still. He he still could pose a threat, yeah. And of course, you know the flip side of that was Diamondback, which was crazy. He was a physical threat. And he just wanted to basically just kill everyone. Yeah, yeah. He could. And by the end of the series, we see that um, Mariah has enough political clout right now to be a, a tremendous adversary yep. to yep. Luke Cage going forward. Especially since I mean, she's basically untouchable right now, as, as she's proven. So the Netflix series, I think, in general. Have more developed characters. Obviously, they have more screen time to develop those of course, characters. Yeah, that's true. But those characters are also hour movie. yeah, those characters are also a lot more relatable and a lot more street level. They right. resonate more with us because, again, they could easily be someone that's down the block from us. One thing I didn't, and I don't know if it's if it's a timeline thing, and I, I do I didn't research where when this is taking place. I know where it's taking place inside of the Netflix. But where is it taking place according to the movies? But the references to the New York event, it, I, yeah. I, I cringe every time I hear it now. I'm just like, okay, yes. Like, I, I, by this time, I feel like if, you, if you're watching this... Well, the one thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that everything basically takes place in real time. Yeah. So if... When was the first Avengers? 2012? Yeah. 2013? Yeah, something like that. Something, 2012. 2012. So this is four years three or four years after that in real time so they they actually do a very good job of keeping everything more or less real time yeah yeah so but if you think about if you know anyone from new york they're gonna talk about new yorkers will talk about some shit (laughs) forever if anything happens in new york and you know 9-11 i understand completely but anything like there were people who were talking about what was that little weak hurricane they had hurricane sandy or something like that sandy they were talking about that like it was something like new yorkers will talk about shit until they can no longer sell i guess that makes sense i'm not mad anymore (laughs) i was kind of mad i was like all right man we we didn't seen it you know what i'm saying or maybe i thought they maybe they could reference something more updated in the 
in the cinematic no, universe. Dude, the last major thing that happened yeah, to New York in the cinematic outside universe. Outside of that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like New York is New York is about what happens you know, in New York. Hammer, I mean, I don't have a hammer. Yeah, and turn to a green monster. It's like, all right, man. But it also, if you think about it, it also makes sense because we're seeing now, like the Judas bullet is a result. Now of the ham. Now technology I thought that, that was, was cool. From that. The hammer technology. So Justin it, Hammer, I thought that was that was dope. Yep. That was very dope. That was a nice little Easter egg. So yeah. in reality, in reality, we can see that, you know, three years removed from the incident that people are now reaping whatever benefits they could off of yeah. what, whatever was taken from it. So that part I, I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't mad about it, but I guess the whole the calling it the event. The incident. The incident. I, you I'm got just not, you, I'm not cool you monetize it. it. <laughs> that's how you monetize it. You're gonna sell a bootleg. You know, you ever get, since the event. It's like, you know, right, man. they don't know that they're called Chitaris and all that. He's <laughs> like, hey, man, the sky opened up, man. I got it well, on video. Yeah, when, 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 he, when he showed him the video of the gun, yeah. he's like, the aliens? He's like, oh, got to get this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wanted that gun but, but then, bad. But then he was like, how much is it? One bullet? Yeah, one. <laughs> like, Can you front me on it? Yeah. Uh, and I hit you on the back end. They're like, nah, man. He said, Diamondback ain't fronting you shit. Nah, man. Nah, player, you got to come up with that cash. He's like, ooh. <laughs> that was a real reaction um, But overall uh, I, I love the show I love the, the pacing of it I wish that Cottonmouth Could have been there Throughout the series Because I, I really liked his character And see that was the other thing I was going to The walking And they're burning through characters They killed Ben in Daredevil yeah. who I was like this is this is gonna be the voice of the like he could have tied all the stories together I was like y'all gotta stop killing people <laughs> so fast like you gotta let, like stretch it out you know cause yeah. these aren't characters that could be you know, you know nobody's gonna resurrect them like they did Coulson so there's not gonna be yeah. some alien technology oh we you know this, this writer that died in New York let's find him and bring him back to life hey this guy over here this uh this criminal like that's not gonna happen they're out of there so it's like y'all gotta kinda Ben almost made it too man he yeah, and I yeah. and I loved him as like I was like it's, it's Bondy Curtis Hall yeah. can't go wrong you know oh, yeah, but, that was a great character but at the same time you know you have to appreciate the fact that they that they actually have stakes in yeah these no they got they all definitely on some Game of Thrones shit like yeah. you know almost nobody's safe yeah so <laughs> yeah and it's bad when you know when you when you kind of lament that a villain passes away yeah and I, I like I said I wanted Cottonmouth to stay around for a while. Just because I, I liked I liked the development of his character, I liked the complexity of his character, and I felt like he would be a good villain for Luke Cage. Yeah, like they were kind of like on e- e- equal ground. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, what else did we like about it? Obviously, the soundtrack was it was fire. The uh, the in club performances were, were a nice touch, <sighs> and I, I'm I'm glad they didn't do it for every episode. Right. But, the the Raphael Sadiq shocked me. The Faith Evans shocked me. Um, What's your boy? Classic uh, man. I could have done with the, I could have uh, done without his I actually version. like. I actually. That's. I actually. He was I, spitting some bars, but I was I, like, man, I, I can't get like, into this. I, guy, I, I fixed a bowl of cereal during that one, <laughs> but I, I wasn't. I wasn't too mad at it. What was the What's the older guy's name again? I'm trying. Um, to, I'm something Bradley. Oh no. yeah, yeah, that that was a dope about. performance. Yeah, and then uh, um, Dap Kings later on. I was like. Oh man, Method Took Man freestyle. Method Man freestyle. Um, you know what did y'all think of Method Man's cameo? <laughs> you know it's. <laughs> well, okay, I got it. Right, right, I'm gonna keep it real, but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish. All right. <laughs> the last, the last episode, the last two episodes with some of the gratuitous cameos, I was, I actually started laughing. 
Because I was like, all right, y'all are trying to y'all are trying to cram like, as many cram it like <laughs> the Fab Five Freddy when I was like, all right, y'all. <laughs> Sway and Heather B. I was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, it's a good look, but I was like, all right, y'all. Like, and then you just gonna drop, you just gonna drop a new song. Yeah, talking about bulletproof. I was like, all right. So the the method man, what, what you what you think of the method man? <laughs> at first, love. at first, because I think I think Method Man is a is a decent actor in the roles that he's that he's been in. Uh, so when I at first on screen, I was like, oh, well maybe he's a character of some kind. I was like, okay, <laughs> right. this could be cool. Uh, but then he was playing himself. And I was like, okay. But when they got to the Sway Sway's universe and he dropping the freestyle and stuff, I was like, all right, man, this was a this was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a waste of time. The 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 funny shit to me though, because I can see this happening in real life, is when all the dudes started walking around with the hoodies with, with the hoodies the holes in, in it. With the hoodies <laughs> in the hole. What I, I kind of like that. Though. I call it the Yeezy Season Five. Yeah, <laughs> Yeezy Season Five. I can see that happening though. Like, okay, so you you gonna target everyone with bullet holes in the hoodie? We all gonna have it then. I did like, <laughs> I did like the. They didn't shy away from the current things that are going, going that are facing people of color, mm-hmm. especially him being a black man in a hoodie. Like I, I, I like that they didn't go overkill with it. They just kind of <clears throat> they set they set it in there nicely for you to. to I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, um, because over I, I think the overwhelming response for this show was very positive like 98 percent of everything i saw about this show was overwhelmingly positive and there were a few detractors to the show and you know usually and it's not my show so i don't have a stake in it haters gonna hate but hey i i I was really kind of i had to kind of like really screw my head (laughs) to understand or to even like process what some of these people were saying about it like there were some people who were like one of one of the criticisms was Luke Cage is too preachy. Like, don't call me a nigga. Like, but we know people like that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's wrong with him saying that? Nothing. You know, um, there were other people who were like, you know, this was a perfect opportunity for him, for them to use the platform to to really address what's going on today. And I which I already felt like they did, but they were like, he just seems like the kind of dude that that would be like, what about what about black on black crime? Because he was only worried about the crime in his neighborhood. He wasn't really worried about, you know. But that's not who, the show. That's not what the show's purpose is. I mean, they they did it in a tasteful way. To re- it was more of a reminder, right? You know, uh, there was there was you were aware. Like he was always aware that he could be shot. Yeah, and he was always aware that police will pull out guns and shoot, which is why he would always turn around and protect the people. Yep. But he doesn't like this. Is not. And people call me a sellout or whatever because of it. This is not a platform for, you know, being extra militant about certain things that are that are in the media yeah. today. Yeah. And if you think about it from a storytelling perspective, anyone who tells a story, especially in the comic book world, you want people to, to be able to pick up a story 50 years from now and still find it relevant. So you don't, you don't, you don't really you whittle don't. down to very specific issues like yeah. that. Um, but you can tell that there was an awareness of the relationship between people in the neighborhood and the cops. I mean, the, the whole, uh, I didn't see shit. And then Missy was like, I got to trademark that. When, yeah. when, when someone was getting questioned, everybody was like, man, I didn't see shit. Yeah. 
I thought that was funny. That's real. I, but it, but that's but that's real though. Yeah. So I, I thought that they did they did certain cues to black culture or, or black people that that one I think the people that are intellectuals will see that it's funny and then but also reference things that just the common person is gonna be like oh I see what they did there. Absolutely. I felt like there was a, there was enough done. Yeah. Right. It was it was enough. There was no reason for him to you know stand up and say you know Black Lives Matter. Or yeah. anything like that. I feel like the message was conveyed exactly of what they were trying to portray exactly. and what they were trying to say. But at the same time, it's not the same standard that the Avengers <laughs> are held to or Jessica Jones. It's like, you know, I understand it's a show with a predominantly black cast, you know, everybody around it is is are, are black, but just let it be a show. Here's <laughs> and here's what here's what people have to remember from a story perspective. This was a story of a guy in a neighborhood who was responding to a specific threat in his neighborhood. Right. There's somebody moving guns, very powerful guns that could kill gods, basically, who was moving it through the neighborhood, and he was there to stop it from happening. Right. He was responding to a specific threat. So, again, from a storytelling perspective, this is not the platform that you use to, to be like, you know, hands up, don't shoot and all this and all that. Like, this is a story, a self-contained story of a guy responding to a very specific threat yep. that he almost lost his life protecting the neighborhood that he lives in. And again, he's a guy who's like, I don't want to be these heroes. I don't want to be on this bigger platform. I just want to watch, I just want to look out for everyone between 90th and 125th Street. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody on Lenox Avenue and Malcolm X Boulevard, that's who I'm repping for right now. And and they know me in these streets, and I, even though I thought the the fight scene at the end was it was it was kind of funny, but I could see that happening. Oh yeah, like just two dudes who like, you know Luke, you probably know this other dude, and it just comes down like any time back in the day if someone if two people in your street had a problem what happened square they, up they would square, square up in the middle of the street square up everyone would stand around and watch. <laughs> and one, you know, one person will walk away. They might dap it up afterwards, but you know, that's how you that's how you handled done. it. Yep. And th I think that was like very telling. Like they actually settled it with their hands. Yep. Hands were dealt. And I was mad, but I was mad at Luke because I was like, Luke, you don't see this battery pack on the back of his suit, though. You can't look at it. Grab it. Just rip it off, man. Let me do it for well, you. It turned out that he realized it was some kind of kinetic thing that was converting his yeah. punches. So yeah, he was yeah. smarter than me because I just would have tried to pull it off. Yeah, I'm like, man, let me just yank that off real quick. We'll be done in like two seconds. <laughs> but you know, again, that's a, that's a that's a throwback to how people used to handle it back in the day. You handle it with your hands. One person walks away. And um, you know, I like the call out to the original costume. I thought that was oh, that, that was hilarious. So you look like a, look like a damn yeah, fool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that Marvel does well with with a lot of their characters is that, like they did with Captain America in the first one, like when people are like oh, I just like the fact that they changed their look for television or the movies. But, you have to, but most of these costumes these would look can't ridiculous. Run ridiculous. Looking... Come like, on, man! If, if Hugh Jackman showed up. In any in of the, the X Men movies yellow with, with yellow joint. tights, y'all would be like, "Nah, man, you got to go somewhere with that." Even though yeah. that, but Bat in the Sky, they did a Wolverine with uh, the yellow and black costume on, yeah. and that actually translated. But yeah, I don't think I could watch two hours of Hugh Jackman. Nah, nah, man. Neon <laughs> yellow and blue. Yeah, but, so y'all got to, you know, is there anything that we didn't like about this show? Uh, 
man. I, there was there were a couple of cor- there were a couple of corny lines. Yeah. <laughs> Probably around episode eight or nine, I was like, all right, you know. But I mean, I think I think that's gonna come with any. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's, that's to be expected. Yeah. I still, I still would rate them very high on the writing. Yeah. The writing was great. Right, right now, it's the best thing I've yeah. ever seen in my life. So. <laughs> my, boy, my boy, my boy, sugar, my boy, sugar was like, I don't even like these niggas. <laughs> but he was still rocking with. He was still rocking with. Hey, it's a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, like I'm, I'm with you, man. Like if if you if you dislike this show, um, you're looking for something to dislike about it. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's the most consistent Marvel Netflix series so far. Uh, it's obviously a different tone. Like there wasn't as much stylized fighting as you had in Daredevil, but again, it's a different it's, it's a different type tone. of show. Yeah, it has tone. a different type of heart to it. I'm excited about what they can do because I mean I think they did uh, they did Punisher oh yeah. so well. I Pun- thought the Punisher series is going to be off the chain. And just how they can just play with that, and you know that they're all in the same area, like. Yeah. That that could be that could be exciting, man. The one little the one little Easter egg at the end when and I I, I yelled actually when I saw this when uh, Rosario took the little self defense self defense thing and said Colleen Wing I was like ah! <laughs> yeah my wife was like you okay daughters of the dragon yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well this is I kept thinking especially after Misty got shot I was like. Yeah. Arm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's coming. yeah. They kept Behind teasing us with it. Oh, kept teasing it? us with it. Like, no, yeah. wait a minute. Arms I was like, I was like, don't save arm. Don't stitch it up. Don't stitch it up. Don't that's, stitch what, that's what I initially thought. I was like, ooh. He's got to get the Stark arms. She's going to get the arms. Like, don't stitch it up yet. Oh, man. She like, took it out the sleeve. Arms, okay. She took it out the sleeve. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shooting people. Yeah. She's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. I know she better have it in the second season. Yeah, <laughs> something got happen. She better get gangrene or frostbite or something <laughs> in that arm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It turns out it was a Judas bullet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Know, everything, like, even the flashbacks from him in prison. Yeah, Seagate. Yes. That was good. The, the betrayal turned out with the, you know, the chick that he was in love with. The, the, that was... Get out. That yeah. was... That was like, a nice... I yeah. That. I, like, I didn't wow. see that coming. I was like, yeah. oh, that was shit. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I wasn't really expecting Cottonmouth to die. Yeah, I was. I was kind of shocked. That was a shocker. That was a good one, though. You know, another little Easter egg that a lot of people missed. Um, um, Diamondback. You know, obviously he didn't die. He's he's about to go through the same process as uh, Luke Cage. Right. That actually might be. That actually might be setting up the character of Cold Fire, because in the book, Luke Cage has a brother. And his brother went through the same process, and he became this dude named Coldfire, who kind of had the same abilities, but he could also do some other shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, I cause my wife would ask me, I was like, look, I can't remember everything. Yeah. It's, it's more stuff has got crammed in. Yeah. Some stuff has had to be ejected. So I can't remember all the details of everything. But the yeah. funniest thing she asked me, she's like, so what is Luke Cage's power? I was like, well, he's, he's super hard skinned super strength and she was like like Superman and I was like look man I have to get a divorce I was like I, was like, I love you it's like how you beating up brothers with a couch man duh oh, <laughs> like, this nigga slinging his couch around uh, like how do you just like 
kind of disrespect for it is to get hit with a couch. What happened to you, man? What happened to you, man? This fool slapped me with a couch, bro. Slapped with a couch, man. Your boy fake. Okay, here's a little here's a little snafu I caught though. Your boy when your boy fake Suge Knight like punched him and shattered his wrist. Oh yeah, that? that was fake shit night from uh, straight out of Compton. Yeah, uh, yeah, wow. he was he was back in like episode thirteen. He was one of the dudes yeah, up he in that came warehouse back. too. I was like, <laughs> your arm healed up like that, bro? Because that was just like two days ago. Yeah, straight up. I was like, yeah, I got y'all on that one. That was a little snafu. I was like, but you know that's fake shit night, so he's he's invincible like that. <laughs> fake shit night. So with that said, I'm I'm I'm. You know, I'm very glad that this came out because this actually made me more excited about the Black Panther movie because it shows that you can make that Marvel and their team is capable of of doing something that appeals to different demographics without pandering because yes. they definitely did it without pandering. So, and because I, I know there were a few people who were like Black Panther, you know, I'm worried about it because it's coming out during Black History Month. And it's all black and, you know, basically, and these, you know, our people saying it's like, they're just going to shove it down our throats and just kind of make it uncomfortable. I'm like, no, man, it's just, you know, it shouldn't be uncomfortable, it shouldn't be uncomfortable but, but I, I understand what they mean when, you know, you don't want it to pander. Right. If you go back and this is going to sound blasphemous, when you go back and look at a show like Good Times, when you look at it now, man. you can kind of see that they were really pandering right. at the time. Um. But Marvel is steer clear of that with this, and that just leads me to believe that Black Panther is going to be the like the motherfucking movie. Yeah. When it comes well, out, well, that movie's gonna be crazy. Character of yep. the Avengers Civil War is the top selling comic book, I think, right now. Yep. Is Black Panther. And with you know, if you look at kind of the the renaissance of of black entertainment that we have right now with Luke Cage, Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, Insecure. Insecure. Yeah, I watched the first episode. Which that. I did. It's I already amazing. did. And uh, you know, and a few other things. Like we have we have shows written by written by us, but for everybody. Yep. Yep. Because I've heard people of all backgrounds loving Atlanta. And Insecure is the same way. I could see Insecure being the same way. Like, you know, little white girls who drink pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> can, can relate to a lot of this shit the pumpkin spice. and insecure oh as well <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm really excited about that again because it's it's done without feeling like they're pandering to us right um I, I will say this in conclusion there are some people who criticize luke cage and uh they say that luke cage could have done more but these same people are also applauding being mary jane and scandal <laughs> and I just want to say that your opinion is not valid to me. Okay, I want to say when Scandal first started, it was like a white collar A team, and it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then when they started adding the thing with her and the president, and that got weirder and weirder. Yeah, that's when it kind of I was like, ah, I don't really care for it that much. But when it yeah. first started, like when they were yeah. solving the problem, I was like, man, this show is incredible. Yep. It's like, what's having an affair with the president? Wait, what? And then it was like, yeah. So I still, you know, I never watched it being Mary Jane, but yeah, I, I watched Scandal. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm glad I stayed away from both of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I have a good radar for what's for me. Yeah, it's not for me, but um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, and I have been watching Atlanta. It's it's a pretty damn good show. Yeah, I've been thoroughly and, impressed. And this and Luke Cage is no no exception. I mean, this is 
Pegó de Queso. I could actually, you know what? I could actually go back and watch it again. I honestly, I probably will. This, yeah. like, I've never watched any Netflix series more than once. I watch it once mm-hmm. and I'm done. I might go back and revisit the episode, but I'll definitely probably either have Luke Cage playing while I'm doing stuff around the yeah. house. Or, yeah. And like, I need that. Man, are they going to drop, are they going to release the score? Can I listen? Yeah, I just they actually are. Of course they, they actually are. Okay, I was like, <laughs> no, because I, I got an email, I think, uh, I got an email to pre order it. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 I need that. It's coming out. Uh, and I, I think a lot of it is some of Adrian Young's tracks that have already been out there. But yeah, I, but ca- it, I heard I heard a couple of joints yeah. that I heard before. But but it the was, score, it the was, opening, the opening uh, and closing, uh, that shit is mean. Fire man. that graphic. Fire. I like shit, that, the opening graphic. Oh yeah, punching into like one twenty fifth. Malcolm X. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. Yeah. Shout out to Alicia Heath Muhammad and Adrian Young, man. Like you it, you boys did it. I you know did a I, damn good job. I, like I said, I really don't have any complaints. I have. I have. I didn't have any complaints, and I, I and I was looking for them. Like I was trying. Like, I'm not just gonna be like I'm, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm enjoying it, but I'm still like trying to. Yeah, you know, watch the stuff to complain about, and I, now, I didn't have any complaints. I was honestly ready for thirteen more episodes, man. Like for real. So what's next on that on that slate on the Marvel TV? Is it gonna be Iron Fist. Iron Fist, is, Iron Fist is next year. They will probably do a Jessica Jones next year as well. Okay. Um, they haven't announced when Defenders will be, but I would imagine 2018 for Defenders. 2018. And it isn't. Wait, isn't Punisher getting his own? Oh yeah, Punisher. Oh yeah, I think they've already started casting for that one. So that'll probably be next year. Yeah, they might have. They might have three series next year. Ready. They might, <laughs> I'm ready. For, I'm ready for and it, it's about because how many did they was Luke Cage the only one this year? When did Jessica Jones drop? Jessica Jones was last year. I think. Okay, so they've only but Daredevil was Daredevil this year also. Was this year, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they did two this year. They can do three next year. Man, they they got they enough room for it. The money, you know? <laughs> hey, hey, Luke Cage was crashing Netflix, so they, they're definitely gonna follow that money. Yeah. But yeah, Iron Fist. I'm also excited about. I, I'm I'm a little hurt that they didn't they didn't they didn't tease him a little bit in this one. Yeah, I, I thought they I thought would they have, would have. Yeah. but I'm not mad. At I'm kind of weirded yeah. out about the picture of a little white guy walking around New York barefoot. I don't know. Uh, that could be that could be like any. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't know. Like I don't know how I feel. I was like, because eh. you know, I'm just trying to figure out what direction they're gonna go with. You know, I'm, I'm always like, okay, where are y'all gonna go with this? Like I trust you. I felt that way about Jessica Jones. I was like, yeah, because well, like I, I know about Jessica Jones. Because I hated that chick. I was like, who? Christian Ritter. Yeah, I I, was I, like, who? I, I, that was another casting decision. I was like, huh? I, was like, Why her? I just remember her from uh, Breaking Bad, and I didn't like her in Breaking Bad. Yeah. I didn't like the character. I was like, man, what I don't like know. The bitch in the apartment. The in the apartment twenty three. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like her. All right. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, she man. did it. I don't mean kind of falling back though, because like, it's been other times like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I was like, yeah. Damn, she did a good job. Yeah. So I've been kind of just uh, keeping my opinions to myself. <laughs> Not abusing the internet with my opinions. So now I've been wrong. So on a semi-unrelated note, this will be the final note. Doctor Strange is coming out in just over a month. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I have very conflicted feelings. What? What? I don't, it, it looks a little too trippy for me, man. I see. I'm I'm still going by my first trailer only rule. Okay. So I haven't seen anything since the first teaser trailer. Yeah. And once and, again, like he's he's doing like a lot of running, man. He's not Strange. Like, why are you running? Like you supposed to, you got the cloak of levitation. <laughs> I got rules. Yeah, but, stop but, walking, stop walking but, and running so much. To that credit, man. maybe it's going to be like they did with Civil War, where all the footage that you saw of Civil War before the movie came out was like 
less than one percent yeah, of the entire I'm movie. I'm gonna go see it. Like, I'm, no, you know, no, I, yeah. I think when you see all my tirades on Facebook or whatever, I always end with yeah, but I'm still gonna I'm go still gonna go see it. Like, yeah. I'm gonna see them all. Whatever, I'm taking full advantage of this comic book superhero renaissance. I watch all the shows. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the Doctor Strange, I was just kind of like, man, it looks a little too trippy. And then I was like, and then I don't like Benjamin Cumberbatch, so. You don't? Nah, stop like me. I don't like it. I want his voice. Yeah. I, I would like be it. such a pimp with his voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. We'll know? see. Anyway, but we, uh, you know, once again, we we made it. We finally made it this far by faith. We we finally got to see <laughs> Luke Cage live in his action. own series, live action on the screen. It was done well. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, if they you broke, have not they broke seen, the internet with it, it man. broke the internet. And if you have not seen it yet, then it sucks for you. <laughs> that means you need to find a friend with a Netflix account that you can bum from. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like everybody else. Yes. Um, so until next time, this is D. Randall, the Ill Man at Media Podcast. Once again with uh, Hash Brown slash Jet Eye Master. We'll see you soon. And that boy named Dre, Dre Soul. Already. Already. Um, you know, I think I'll bring you guys back around again after the Doctor Strange drops, and we'll. I will yeah. go see Doctor Strange. We'll I'm see how see conflict- it open tonight. We'll see how conflicted you are after the. <laughs> I'm probably gonna come out like, oh my god, it's the best. Thing. <laughs> All right, so peace out, y'all. Peace. Peace.